discipleship. We've been looking at the pictures that the Apostle Paul has been presenting on what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we've seen that Paul began this section in this imagery talking about how if we will walk by the spirit, then we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so a picture of giving your life to God, walking by the spirit and then giving pictures to help us see where we are in those in those areas, if we are bearing fruit that shows that we are walking by the spirit or rather our actions reveal that ultimately we are gratifying the desires of the flesh. He's given us pictures of the works of the flesh and asked us to consider our lives in those ways. The outcome shows where you are and what leads your life. And as we're in Galatians chapter 6 now, he's going to give us another picture for our examination on what it looks like to be a disciple and what this would look like ultimately in our lives as we try to follow him. In in chapter 6 of Galatians and in verse 7, he starts with a very important life truth for you to apply to your life. In chapter 6, And verse 7, very clear, simple life truth. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Very simple, very important truth. And I think it is interesting how Paul words this. He says, I want you to make no mistake about this. Don't be deceived. There's no way around this. What you plant is what you get. Now, it doesn't take too much thinking to realize that's true in the physical realm. What you put into the ground is what is going to come back out. And I think that's an important thing for us to consider is that you never find something or reap something that isn't what you put in the ground. My grandmother had a garden in her backyard that she loved to tend had all kinds of different vegetables she'd put in there. There is never a time that we walked out there and went into that garden and she said, now I planted tomatoes and we have corn. (laughs) It's never happened. It doesn't work like that. You don't plant something and then get out there some weeks later and go, well, I didn't plant that. If you've ever driven out to uh, the glades, you never have the farmers out there planting sugar cane and finding green beans. It doesn't work like that. This is a universal truth that God is trying to get us to understand for our lives. What you plant is what you are going to reap. What you put in the ground, what you sow, is ultimately going to be the outcome. And you are not going to get a different outcome from what you're sowing. That's a universal thing that he puts forward. Now, I want you to watch how he uses that truth to image then for us what this looks like in discipleship. Because notice in verse 8 what he says. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. 
I think he now lays out some reaping options here. I want you to see what the options are. And the first thing that I want you to capture in your mind is that you will notice that the Apostle Paul says, you and I are always sowing to something. You're sowing to something. And notice there's only two options. There's not option three, four, five, and six. Two things. You are either sowing to your flesh, what you want to do, your life, your way, or you're sowing to God, his way, his life, his decisions. And the reason why I think that's really important for us to consider is the image that he is using is that of a planting of a seed, which means then for us in every decision you and I make, we are planting a seed either to the flesh or to the spirit. Every decision. Every decision you're making in life, everything that comes at you, what you decide to do, ultimately is now envisioned by God for us to understand as a seed that you are planting in the ground. You are sowing to something. You're planting. And with that decision, the seed goes in and it's either for God or it's for self. It's either sowing to the flesh or it's sowing to the spirit. And I think that is an important thing for us to think about because I think sometimes we don't get a sense of the reality of the decisions that we are making. That the decisions that we make in life boil down ultimately to this option. It is kind of strange to think of life like that. But the decision that you are making is either God approved, God zealous, God desired what he would have you to do, or it's not. That's it. And you're deciding where you're going to put that seed. Now, notice the image as he puts it for us in verse eight a little bit further, because he describes it in terms of outcomes in verse eight. We're all sowing, we're all planting. And he says there in verse eight, if we are sowing to our own flesh, then there is an outcome. Corruption, some translations, destruction. If you plant seeds to your flesh, your desires, your will, your way, there is a reaping that's going to happen. There is an outcome. Corruption. That's the outcome. By the same token, he says, if you are planting and sowing to the spirit and to God, there is also an outcome. And he says they're reaping eternal life. The reason why I think this is important for us to see is sometimes that we will look at our lives and we will consider so many of our decisions to be inconsequential. Doesn't really matter. Life is filled with lots and lots and lots of decisions. And when you put life in terms of how the Apostle Paul frames it, he's trying to help us see that, no, actually the decisions you are making have great consequences, that your choices are ultimately going to bring an outcome. The decisions you're making every single day is simply seeds in your hand being put into the ground and you are either sowing to yourself and to your flesh or you are sowing to God and to his way. So the decisions are not inconsequential. 
The things that you are deciding to do in your life and the things that as they come at you and you're determining, okay, what should I do? And well, I really feel like this or I want to do this or this is what God wants and this is God's way have great consequence because they are laying the burden of the outcome of what's going to happen, either corruption or eternal life. And it's hard to think about life in terms like that. I think we just kind of get lost in the schedule, lost in the busyness, lost in the hubbub. And you turn around and I look at my life and I go, where did 46 years go? And I know all of you who are older than me say, you're going to keep saying that. I know you're going to just, it's going to be gone. And all your life is, is a series of decisions. It's a series of you taking seeds. And choosing which ground you're going to put them in. And I think then this gate makes out a really interesting thought process for us. Because I want you to bring verse 7 back in now. In verse 7, he gave us this life truth. You reap what you sow. You never reap something you didn't sow. Life truth. You don't plant one thing and get something else. You always, you always, you always get what you planted. And now he turns around and lays it out like this. If you plant for yourself, you can't think that you're going to have the outcome of eternal life. It doesn't work like that. That's like thinking You're going to plant tomatoes and get corn. It doesn't work. And by equal measure, it doesn't work to think that you can take these handfuls of decisions that you have on a daily basis and sow to yourself, sow to your desires, sow to your flesh, sow to your will, sow to doing what you want and think you're going to reap eternal life. Notice God saying that can't happen. That is as nonsensical as thinking you're going to plant tomato seeds and get green beans. That's nonsense. And it's just as much nonsense to think you can live your life how you want to live, do what you want to do, do what you think is best, fulfill your desires, live whatever sounds good to you and think eternal life is coming out of that planting. Now, here's the thing. He says there's only going to be corruption. But the good news is there's the other side of the coin. If you plant to God and you make your decisions based on God's will and what he wants and you do sacrifice and you do what God wants you to do and you use your time and you plant your seeds according to God, what God wants. Guess what? There is no way for you to reap corruption. You have to reap eternal life. It's the same principle. You're not going to be surprised by all the reap, the sowing you were doing. And you say, okay, I was planting for God and I was giving my life to him and I was following his ways. And surprise, you didn't get eternal life. It doesn't work like that. You cannot reap corruption if you walk by the spirit. And you cannot reap eternal life if you walk by the flesh. Simple life truth. That's what he's putting forward for us. That's the message. So let's take a second here. Because only you know the answer to how you've been planting and sowing in your life. 
We can all come here on Sunday and look like we've been sowing to the Spirit. You know, all right, yeah, we're all sowing to the Spirit here. Well, look at us. We're all God followers. We all love God. Yay, us. But only you know in your series of decisions, your seeds, what you planted yesterday in the ground. And only you know what you planted last week. And only you know what you planted last month. And only you can determine what you're going to plant today. And only you can determine what you're going to be sowing tomorrow. You, you have the answer to that. The seeds are in your hands. Every single day, God's giving you great opportunities. And he's placing these seeds in your hand. And those decisions are determining outcomes. They are not inconsequential decisions. And you know what you've been sowing to. You know the trajectory you're on. You know if you've been dumping a pile of seeds toward God or if you've been dumping a pile of seeds to the flesh. You know where you're at in that walk. And he's giving us this life truth for that. Now notice how he progresses that as he wants to now use an application here. He says, okay, you've thought about this idea, this life truth. What you sow, you reap. Look at verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. Two applications, two pictures. And the lesson's going to be yours this morning, okay? Number one picture, verse nine. Do not... Give up and don't grow weary in doing good. Application number one. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not give up. Do not get tired of doing the right thing as God defines it. I don't want you to get tired of that. I don't want you to be discouraged. Don't get weary in doing that right thing. And I suppose if I asked everybody to raise their hand and say, all right, who's getting tired of doing the right thing day in and day out? You just go two hands, right? All those two hands, yes. Because this is a long planting season. It's a lot of decisions. It's a lot of seeds. It's a lot of time. And we start planting and doing what is right. And I'm going to do good. And I'm going to go that direction. I'm going to walk by the Spirit. I'm going to follow Him. And then we just get tired of doing good. The harvest seems so far away. And the desires of the flesh can press so strongly into us. And so we just get tired. And we just go, what's the point? I don't want to make those good decisions anymore. Remember what we saw back in chapter five, where he told us there in verse 17, that the desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit are opposed to one another. This is what we get tired of is that they're just battling and battling and battling and battling. And sometimes you just go all right already. I don't want to do good anymore. I'm just going to give in. First application. Don't get tired of doing good because there's the harvest of eternal life. Don't get tired. Don't be discouraged. 
By planting those good seeds. Because if you plant those good seeds, there's a harvest of eternal life. And I know that's hard and I know that feels far and it feels long. It's a long journey. But he's telling us the picture, it's going to be worth it. And so you're going to reap what you sow. Don't lose what you have in continuing to do good. Don't get tired. Don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary. I love the wording of verse 9. For in due season, so out there, I told you about how I'm a really bad, I'm a really bad planter farmer. I mean, if you give me a plant and I put a seed in the ground and tomorrow it's not sprouting, I'm just like, well, that was a waste. I don't even know what's going on around here. I'll dump water on it. Like the mud will be floating because I'm like, well, it needs more water. It needs more sun. I'm barbecued in the sun. I want the answer tomorrow. I want to reap tomorrow. In due season, he says, verse 9, in due season, we will reap, but follow the rest of it if you don't give up. So I want to give up. I don't see anything. Don't give up. Remember, we talked about that with the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about fruit is the outcome of this planting. We're planting toward God. We're sowing by the Spirit. We're walking by the Spirit. And we get frustrated because tomorrow we don't see this great transformation. And so we give up. Don't give up. In due season you will reap. Transformation will happen. And ultimately eternal life is going to happen. Don't give up. Keep planting to the Spirit. Keep denying the flesh. Keep winning the battle. And if you will do that and continue to do good... And not give up in due season, underline it. Not we might, we will reap. Universal truth of verse 7. What you sow, you will reap. You will, you will, you will. You won't get something different. So that's his first application. Don't get tired. Don't get discouraged. Don't get weary. Keep going. Number two, verse 10. As we have opportunity, let us then do good to everyone and especially those of the household of faith. Here is a picture of some of the things God wants us to do in terms of these decisions, in terms of these seeds that we have. That I want you to look at other people and I want you to do them good as God would define good. It's a shame I have to say that anymore, but we have to, God's definition of good. Not our definition of good, because my definition is sometimes I'm going to punch you in the face, right? That's how we want to do things. Oh, that's the right thing. Vengeance is mine. No, God's definition of good. I want you to do good to all, and especially those of the household of faith. The imagery is that you're planting seeds and laying up treasure in Heaven, And let me underscore a word for us here. I want you to do good to only the people who you like. That's what it said right there, right? Do good to only the people who agree with you. The only the people who like you. The only the people who have the same cultural background as you. The same political bent as you. Do good only to those people. Do good to all people. Not just the people who like you. Not just the people you like. Not just the people who agree with you. 
Not to the people who have the same ideology as you. I want you to do good to everybody. All people. There's no qualifier there. There's only one qualifier. And especially the people in this room. (laughs) And especially the household of faith. The family of God. Especially you pay attention to that. Do good to all people. And especially everybody who's sitting right here. You need to do that. I think that is such an important image that is given to us that we should have in our minds. I know this is going to be amazing. This isn't really off the wall teaching that you've never heard of in the Bible whatsoever. Would you do to them what you wish they would do to you? For crying out loud, right? I know. I don't know where that is in here. It's a crazy idea that Jesus would ever say something like that. Do good to all. Think about... What you wish that they would do and do it. Do good toward them. You have to like that this is not a complex thing that he has here. You have decisions every single day in your hands. You have your seeds. And every day you're making a decision of if you're going to sow to yourself or you're going to sow to God. And one of the ways that you are sowing to God is that you are going to do good as God defines it for other people. You're going to do good to them. You're not going to be terrible. You're not going to be mean. Or if I went backward and read the works of the flesh, you're not going to be sexually immoral, impure, sensuous, idolatrous, sorcerer, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. That's not doing good to people. That's not doing them good. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. We're going to do them good. I do want to make one side step that unfortunately I think is needed to be stated anymore in the culture that we live in and the time that we live in. Sometimes I think there can be this mentality... That since we're supposed to do good to all, and especially the household of faith, that now I have the right to expect, assume, or demand that you do good for me. Says right here, you're supposed to. So chop, chop. Let's go. I want you to do good. Let's go. I don't see it. Ah, you must not be sowing your seeds, right? Do me some good. I want us to step back because sometimes there's a mentality, oh, well, you're a Christian, so therefore you should be doing all this for me. Friends, that's stepping in the hole of what this isn't about. This isn't about selfishness. Okay, what are you going to do for me? Disciples never assume, expect, or demand of others. All that we do is we walk into the relationship and say, what can I do? It's not about, okay, well, you're a Christian. Oh, boy, I got a list for you. Here you go. Let me, <laughs> I, let's, let's see. Let's go. This is of a voluntary nature of our own hearts to do good, not me coming into your life and telling you, you need to do this for me. That's selfishness and that's sowing to the flesh again. We've just taken the good news of God and made it selfish again. You know, what are you doing for me? 
We think about others, not ourselves. Doing good is about thinking about them. That's the beauty of the model, the example of Christ, right? He did what was in our best interest. He did good for us. We all deserved it, right? Because we were awesome people. No, not the slightest. Do good to all people, even if you don't like them, (laughs) even if you don't agree with them, even if you're not friends with them. Jesus said other crazy words like love your enemies. Yep. Do good to all. And especially those of the household of faith. I challenge us to make sure that we are always in the right mind when it comes to our service is that we are not thinking about self, but we're thinking about others. What is the good that I can do for that person today? What can I say? What can I do? And to ultimately consider that this is the picture of seeds. Big application for us this morning. We are planting seeds of goodness. I hope you'll take this image with you. That what you have in your life is God giving you an abundance of seeds. And he wants you to do good with those seeds as he defines it. That doing of good is walking by the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit. The decisions you are making are for God and not for self. What God would have you to do. And you take those and you sow them. And the motivation behind it is, you know we're going to reap what we sow. You know you're going to reap what you sow. And if we choose to make our life about selfishness, about gratifying the desires of the flesh, doing what we want to do, there's going to be a reaping. It's not going to be eternal life. Rather, it's going to be a corruption. So do good to all. The great motivator that we have is that there's a harvest of eternal life. And if you sow to your flesh, you're not going to have it. And I hope this morning you'll just be really, really, really real with yourself. Where are you sowing? And I want to encourage you to not become tired or discouraged in doing good. You might be in the room today and that's exactly where you're at. You might be right on that edge. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to give up. It's been long, it's been hard, it's been difficult, and I'm tired. Tired of trying to do the right thing. I'm tired of trying to serve God. I'm tired of this battle that I endure with the flesh and the spirit. And I want you to hear the words of the Apostle Paul. To not give up today. To not get discouraged. to, To not get tired of it. And maybe you're in the room and... This week, you kind of just said, I give. I'm done. I've had it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I hope you'll take advantage of the imagery that's given to us here. Don't lose heart. It's not too late. This is the good news of Jesus. You can get back with God. You can start sowing to the spirit again. It's not over for you yet. The reaping hasn't come yet. And you can get back with God. And you can sow to the Spirit again. 
But I would encourage you to not give up on that and to not let go of God and to not grow weary. I firmly believe the reason why the Apostle Paul has to say something like that because every single one of us in our hearts at any given day feel discouraged and tired and want to give up. Don't stop planting the seeds. Don't give up. There's a harvest. It's eternal life if you'll keep planting and not let go of that hope. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, it can be so challenging. It can be so challenging to deny ourselves and plant the seeds of goodness and righteousness. And Lord, it can just seem like to us that there's no benefit. It feels like the harvest can be so far away. Lord, I pray this morning that first that you would forgive us for when we have sown to our flesh and we have made selfish decisions and cared far more about ourselves than you. Forgive us for when we have become tired and given up. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the spirits of everyone in this room. I know that we all become discouraged and become tired. Lord, would you strengthen our hearts and strengthen our faith, strengthen our resolve. Give us the motivation and the push that we need to continue forward in our walk with you. Lord, help us to be able to clearly see when we are making decisions that are casting our seeds to the flesh. Help us to avoid the temptation to do that and strengthen us in a way so that we would choose to follow you, to serve you, and to bear fruit worthy of our walk with you. Lord, forgive us for when we gratify the desires of the flesh. Forgive us for when we have not done good to all people. Forgive us for when we have decided within our hearts and our minds to determine who we will do good to and not. Help us to overflow with love, with goodness and righteousness to every single person that we come in contact with. Help us ultimately be transformed by your spirit in a way so that we could reflect your goodness and holiness in all that we do. And so, Lord, pick us up. If we've been on the side, forgive us and make us whole and help us to walk forward with you in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to sing an invitation song in a moment, and it is an offer to you to come to Jesus this very day before it's too late. You you may be in that very spot where you just said, you know, I, I just gave out on God and I didn't want to do it anymore. And I hope that you will hear the words of hope to come back to him. Come back to him. So to the spirit again, follow him with all of your heart, love him and serve him because there's a harvest that's coming. There's a a reaping that's coming. You don't want corruption and destruction for the decisions of your life. You want eternal life. God can give that to you through his son. You turn away from your sins, be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Start that journey with him this very day. We want to help you do that. 
You can let me, let somebody know afterward about how we can help you in your walk with God. Or if you want, you can even come forward now while we stand and sing this song.